This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Good morning, Melbourne. This is the Escape Hour on Joy 94.9. It's a gorgeous Sunday morning. And quite frankly, we're just glad to be here, aren't we, guys? Super glad to be here. I am always interested in talking about travel. I personally think I miss my calling. That's why I do a travel show, because I'm not in the travel industry. We'd love to have you in your travel industry. I would. I would. I'm going to retire from my job and go and work for a travel agent. I'll come work for you, Russ. Well, we're recruiting travel agents now. Are you? Excellent. Anytime you'd like to, you know, change jobs. You know, I would. We go. Um, we often get what, what are called familiarisations. I'm familiar with familiarisations. And this is where I'll bring Dave back in because he's about to go on a familiarisation. Excellent, yeah, Dave. So and what, what is a familiarisation? Well, it's called a junket. Really. Oh, and I so see. what we do is we get suppliers who give us little little handouts, and we um, we say, sure, I'll go to. Botswana. Botswana and look at the wildlife and sure, you can pay for it. And yeah, sure, I'd like to stay in that, you know, that $10,000 lodge that I'd never be able to afford. So yeah, they're um, they're very nice, these junkets. They really are. Yeah. So uh, before the break, we were talking about um, South Africa, Botswana and Namibia. I think there's some train trips around there as well that people can do. That's right. Or do you know? Uh, you can do like the blue train in South Africa. Uh, that's a very high upper class sort of um, train journey. Um, I, I haven't been on it myself, oh, but... Uh, very posh, though. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. almost like South Africa's version of the Garn. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can do something called the Shongololo train, which is... Um, I think that's what I was thinking yeah, about. So it's, yeah, so it's a two-week train trip, and basically what they do is they um, have all of these carriages on the train, and then they pop um, little minivans on. So it goes from... Um, uh, can go from Cape Town to Joburg or um, Johannesburg to Dar es Salaam, and uh, they, um, at night, they travel at night to station and then they um, arrive in the morning, they take the minivans off and you scoot off and do your, your wildlife viewing and your safaris during the mm. day and then you hop back on the train and away you go. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I just like saying it, the Shongalolo. <laughs> Shongalolo, yes. <laughs> We're going to Shongalolo. <laughs> we could make a song, uh, a new track. We love it when you sing. We really do. Anyway, junkets. Shonga, We're on to junkets. Yes, really Shongalolo. <laughs> So could you organise one of these junkets for Fiona? Well, we, on the, we on could. That train, once once she started working for us, we'd oh. love to. But, but surely there must be a pecking order in the agency. Well, he's next, unfortunately. Oh. Dave's next, so we do have to. Yeah. So where are you going, Dave? So Cuba. I'm going to Cuba right. first off and then uh, Canada for a few days after that. But uh, Cuba's the main, the main objective on this uh, junket. Fantastic. Yeah. Always wanted to go... Yeah, I'm very, very excited. Um, it's uh, sort of slowly starting to catch up with the rest of the world. So now is the time to go to Cuba while it's still back in the Cold War era of the uh, the 50s. Yeah, before they get all of the, you know, mainstream brands that are there with their blazing signs. Yeah, that's right. But those old I, cars, remember those old oh 50 yeah. cars? The so yank cool. tanks, they call them. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking, I, I met someone who had been to Cuba and they said... You know, obviously Havana is beautiful and they had a lot of fun in Havana and that was all fine. But once you kind of stepped out of Havana, it sort of seemed a bit risky in some places. Are you going to be getting out of Havana? Uh, we will be getting out of Havana, yeah. Um, I guess uh, the 
the poverty side of it is more obvious outside mm. of Havana, which is, I guess, to be expected in a lot of um, mm. developing countries. So we'll be spending a bit of time... Um, like in the near the tobacco plantations in Vinales, um, a small town of Trinidad as well, which is a UNESCO World Heritage mm-hmm. Site. So there's plenty to see outside of Havana. You wouldn't want to spend all your time there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, in terms of it being risque, um, look, I, I mean, Cuba is a very strictly controlled police state, so, uh, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. There's not too much to worry about in terms of crime, I wouldn't have thought. Right. And okay. guess what, Fee's taking his brand new girlfriend with him, so it's a new... Ooh. That's right, it's a bit of a treat for the new girlfriend, so she'll be a keeper after she's been to Cuba with him, I'm sure. Well, I guess you don't know someone till you travel with them, do that's you? That's right, that's um, right, they keep telling me, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I hope she's not a vegetarian, because I, th- I think the vegetarian <laughs> offerings in Cuba are a little thin on the ground. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, thankfully, no, she's not. She's okay. a carnival. Okay, well, there you go. So, You'll have an amazing time. Cuba brings to mind beaches, cigars, rum, and I guess... Oh, and um, dancing. I bet, I bet you'll be doing all of those things. Well, there's no Shongololo <laughs> in Cuba, but, um, you know, we can we could probably open up a Shongololo there, couldn't we? Well, you could just sing the song and dance around and move your hips. That's a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be able to bring some cigars back for everybody. Oh, Is that allowed? Um, yes, that is allowed. That uh, is allowed. You, you can bring home cigars, yeah. You'd be silly not to if you're going to Cuba. Excellent work. And while you're there, you can bring back three black men for us. I think that'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and so then from Cuba, you'll um, you'll be heading up to Toronto, which is basically the Melbourne of Canada, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, I've been there before to Toronto. Um, that time of year, though, February, it's going to be very cold. So uh, it'll be interesting going from uh, the nice warm tropical weather in Cuba to the uh, freezing sub-zero temperatures in Toronto in the space of a day. So have you been to Toronto in the winter before or not? So it's the first um, time in the winter. I, I have, yeah. So um, what is there to do there in the winter? What would you recommend people do? Um, there's a lot of like ice hockey for one thing. Yep. But, uh, there's uh, there's uh, a lot of public um, festivals going on, especially around the Christmas period. Um, not not as much February. February it can get to about minus twenty. So uh, but there, there's a, a network of underground. Uh, a bit like Montreal where you've got loads of underground things where you can go from one place to the other without really going out in the streets. Yeah, 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 absolutely so you can. And a lot of um, like um, above ground shopping yeah. malls which connect with each other as well. So uh, you, you don't spend a lot of time outside. Um, but it can be an exciting time to go. And obviously Niagara Falls just nearby, yes. while you can't actually do a boat tour there, it's quite fascinating seeing the falls frozen over. It's, uh, mm, yeah, yeah, it's not a sight you get to see many places in the world. And not in Australia, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah they do a, um, no, that's a, a right. beautiful light show on the... Um, the waterfalls in Niagara when they're frozen. So it is it is quite spectacular to go down there and see all these beautiful lights over the falls and everything. So Now, to get to Cuba is a bit of a milk run, though, isn't it? Because of um, old Trumpy Dumpty, <laughs> you can't fly via the USA, can you? So well, I don't think you've ever been able to fly um, because it was only recently that they allowed Americans to get into Cuba. Correct. Yep. So the only people that, they, that flew down there were locals, um, people that were Cuban that... Were 
you know, wanted to go there. Yeah, they so had a list of reasons why you had to go there. You had to be part of a tour tour group or a... Uh, Dave, you'll know more about this, or an educational tour. Uh, there's a list of about 12 different categories which allow you to travel between the US and Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one that you would use is uh, support for the Cuban people, which oh. essentially is... Well, it's essentially a um, fancy way of saying I'm a tourist, but I'm doing my bit to help the Cuban tourism Economy. industry. Yeah. So how's your milk run flight going to be? Where are you going? Oh, it's going to be fun. So Melbourne to Vancouver, a good 15 hours there, and then another five hours or so Vancouver to Toronto, and then another three and a half from Toronto to Havana. So, uh, And uh, you obviously with transits in between, that's a long day. 31 hours, I think you'll be exhausted that's, by the time you is, get there. That's hardcore. But, you know, that's, you know, if you want to go, you yeah. want to travel, you want to do the experience... I wonder, is there a way that you can get to Cuba from, say, South America or well, you Mexico? Could, yeah, you could, Couldn't you fly you, to Mexico first? You or? could fly to, um, well, you could fly Melbourne to LA and then LA to Mexico and then across that way. So Santiago. Santiago in Chile and then you could fly um, fly up to Lima and then onto onto yeah. um, Cuba. So there's, there's quite a few from ways. from Peru, from Panama. There's uh, plenty of ways to get there. But I mean, either way. In the US, you just have to go somewhere else first. Yeah. <laughs> either way, it's got a few stops. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get there too easily. What sort of cocktail? do you think they'll have there? Uh, well, the national drink is the mojito. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. And the right. Cuba yeah. Libre is the other one. Okay. Right. Yeah. Which is just rum and coke, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> is it really? It's a fancy <laughs> way of saying rum and coke. But their rum and their coke is just oh, so much better. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not. I'm not saying it's. Wrong, I'm sure it's much it is. stronger, it's isn't it? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I thought say. Well, I would know, say the land so. of rum. It must be. So yeah. you could bring us. Back some rum as well. Oh, no, I'll be yeah. having all the rum. Oh, <laughs> <it's> all <for> <laughs> me. <laughs> yes, there are limits to the amount of alcohol you can bring back, unfortunately. Two litres. I that's know. Lot, isn't it? Two litres. I thought it's that for me. That's sales of loss. Oh, but, you know, you could probably arrange to ship it from Cuba here. Oh, like in case. You probably would have to pay in duty, import duties, though. Oh, you think so? I would think so, yeah. Oh, damn. Sorry. Because I get you it every time. <laughs> yeah. We do get onto grog on this show quite a lot, which is fantastic. So, um, because we, you know, we, we, we like to um, have a drink. Um, which reminds me that you went on the vodka train. Tell us a bit about the vodka train. Uh, the vodka train, yeah. That was um, the Trans-Siberian Railway. Railway. Uh, it was Trans-Mongolian Railway, actually, because it went from Beijing to St. Petersburg via Mongolia. Right. Yeah, and all up that trip was about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, longest stint on the train was from uh, Irkutsk in Siberia all the way to Kazan. Three nights on the train with wow. no showers. <laughs> so oh, okay. Right. Slumming it a bit. So I was going to ask, what's the accommodation like on the train? Uh, it's not great. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're basically in, like, little four-berth cabins. Are you and sharing with people you might not know? Yeah, I, I did have to. Um, I mean, they try and keep the groups yeah. all together. like So we're all next to each other at least, but there's the possibility you do have to share with uh, some locals. I did on a few occasions. They didn't speak any English, so, um, you know, just pleasant nodding and uh, just a little bit of a wave, but uh, they uh, they didn't have much to do with us. And what's the kind of cost to do that whole trip? Do they provide food for you or is it... Uh, well, the way that they worked it was uh, they sort of organise all the logistics of it mm-hmm. um, and they have a, a honcho in every city that you visit mm. and they meet you at the station, take you to your hotel, 
uh, and then they take you back to the train station later and they arrange some activities for you in between, but ultimately your time is your own to explore whatever you right. want to. Although most people would stick with the group and it would be recommended to stick with the group. Um, I've got a story so, about what happens when you stray away from the group, so <laughs> stick with the group wherever you can. So you don't spend all the nights on the train. I thought it was. I thought you would spend all the nights on the train. Oh, so no, you'd, you'd go crazy. <laughs> right. It's not uh, the GAN, shall we say? No, definitely not <laughs> oh. the GAN. You just travel on the train just to get from A to B. And why is it called the vodka train? Uh, just a fancy name for it, I suppose. Okay. That was the, uh, that was the uh, under-35s version of it. Is um, it just because you need to drink a lot of vodka to, you know, throat? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, look, that, that, there's certainly a lot of that, especially on the dining card as well. Vodka in Russia is incredibly cheap, so you, you don't want to miss out on that. Did you stay in one of those tents? What are those tents called in Mongolia? Um, uh, the Gur yurt. camp or yurt, yeah. Yurt, yeah, the yurt. Did you it. stay in a yurt? Uh, I did stay in a yurt, yeah for two nights at one of the Gur camps. Um, yep. I mean, it's uh, it's not as traditional as you might think because there's, um, uh, well, look, you've got the, the main headquarters where you have your meals and there's uh, a lot of tourists there as well. Uh-huh. But they do actually take you out to some nomads uh-huh. um, where you get to uh, ride donkeys and um, drink their... Uh, They're locally fermented uh, yak's milk, I think, or mare's milk or something. Oh, okay. Ooh, Uh, and did you try that? Yeah, I did try it. Went in Mongolia, of course. And uh, and, and how was it? uh, No good. No, didn't didn't like it, but, uh, you know, it was worth trying it. I went all that way, so I was going to try some fermented mare's milk. A good travel agent. That's your job. Yeah, that's right. Try it and report back. We love junkets, don't we? On that note, <laughs> on that note, we do have to go to a brekkie break and this is the Escape Hour, Joy 94.9. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Good morning, Melbourne, and what a pleasure it is to be with you today, January, oh, first month of the new decade, and we are going off here at Joy 94.9. My name's Russ Masterton, Stefan is driving us today, and Fiona Brooke, you are a star. You've been to Georgia and you and Dave are going to chat all about that amazing country. Well, you know, it is interesting because there were about 10 people that I knew in Georgia all at the same time. My parents had friends that were there and then I knew some other people and then somebody else was there. It certainly seems like Georgia is one of the countries of the moment. But interestingly, I was talking to someone who was there recently um, and they were going to go back and they were going to do Azerbaijan, Georgia and then Armenia afterwards because apparently you can't do it the other way. You can't go Armenia, Georgia, Azerbaijan because the Armenians and the Azerbaijanis don't chat and they're not happy if what you can't do it that way. You've got to do Azerbaijan first. Yeah, that's true. They don't like each other. Uh, they're still technically at war. <laughs> so Ooh, just a right. ceasefire mm. between the two of them at the moment. And uh, if you try and enter Azerbaijan with any evidence whatsoever that you've been to Armenia, they're not going to let you in. They'll ban you for life. But the Armenians are a bit more lenient the other way around. So you can actually mm. enter into uh, Armenia after having been to Azerbaijan. Right. And I just so break I in here that. to say, that, and this is a very good point to say, this is why your book with a travel agent. 
Um, mm, good question segue. from you, Fiona. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, that is something that you could just go off and do willy-nilly yourself and book online and you could end up not being able to enter the country. So it's a very good reason why travel agents do have the knowledge and you should book with a travel agent. But what about all these fees, Russ? Well, there are a reason we charge the fees and I'm glad you've asked. Why do we charge the fees, Dave? Uh, I mean, our time is valuable and you're getting the best advice possible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a service that's being provided to you. So uh, a travel agent's time isn't completely free. They're always happy to help, but, um, yeah, it's the way that we make our living. So that advice does come at a cost. Well, I mean, I know I was trying to get from one island to another island and um, and uh, it was in a language I didn't speak and the, I couldn't figure out the little planes from this one and that one and... You know, I just eventually cracked it and I, you know, I try really hard because I like planning because I'm like got this little inner travel agent and I love planning. <laughs> However, there are times where I just say, you know, I just got to go to the travel agent because they're going to help me resolve this problem. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's book interesting. Those random little little, little bits. bits and pieces. I think it's interesting. What made, most people don't realize that in travel we um we do only earn 5% of what um, you pay us and it's and it's often not a great deal. So if you if you've spent $2000 um uh, on an airfare, um we we will make $100 commission. But then, you know, if if you're servicing a customer for um of uh, a high maintenance, maintenance customer and you're looking after them for um you know 10 15 hours work then if you if you cut that all down you're really only earning about ten dollars an hour and i don't know anyone in any industry that's prepared to work for ten dollars an hour so Mm. what we do charge the fees because we um we have the knowledge yeah and i was going to say some of the queries i mean you do a lot of research and it can take you a lot of hours for to get to get with together, yeah. just come up with something for for people, and, yep. and I think you've got a name for people that ask and don't book. Oh gosh, I've re- yes. What are they called? Um, well, we call them tire kickers. Okay, tire kickers is good, but we I can't remember what we call them. Well, well. I don't think I'm allowed to say, actually. <laughs> possibly, possibly not. Better but, um, stays behind the phone. Yeah, we don't, um, we don't like them. I'll put that um, nicely. No, we send them off to, um, to other I travel agencies. It's a lot of hours for nothing, really. Yep. And it's, it's I have a quick question. I, I did think that travel agents had better deals with airlines. They could buy uh, flights, for example, at discounted rates and therefore they were making some sort, some sort of additional component but I could be completely misled. Um, well, yeah, that's that's very true. So the the deals that you get, um, they're, they're different depending on where you're looking. Mm. Uh, agents, each different agency can get their own special rates as well. So mm. it's always better to ask a travel agent what they can offer you rather than just uh, go for whatever the cheapest option you see online. Well, that's right, because cheaper it isn't always better. That's no, for that's sure. definitely not. And read that fine print. Why should they read the fine print, Dave? Uh, so there's no nasty surprises, yeah. definitely, because uh, things can go wrong. If you read the fine print, you're not going to get any nasty surprises. So did you get any surprises when you were in Georgia? Trying um, to segue back to the original <laughs> topic. In Georgia. So I spent uh, spent about a week in Georgia. Uh, I wouldn't say I got any nasty surprises there. It's quite a beautiful mm. country. So a, a week's not very much time. Uh, mm. What did you pack into Georgia in that time? Uh, I went out to the countryside and saw some monasteries. Oh, um, yeah. I think Georgia is actually the uh, the th- 
the first or the second um, Christian country in the world. So there was a lot of very, very old monasteries and old churches there. Mm. Uh, and a lot of them are, it's a mountainous region and a lot of them are like on cliff tops and um, just really high in the mountains near the clouds. And just the scenery is stunning. I saw quite a few monasteries as well. Mm. They are amazing. And some of them you have to walk up to. And so, you know, it's almost like there's a monastery at the end of every walk in yeah. Georgia. There's a monastery over there and then there's another one and then there's a and then there's a cathedral. And then it, it was really fascinating. I, I really loved it. Yeah, the other good thing about Georgia is the wineries. Um, mm. yeah, some claim that wine was invented there. I'm not sure how true that is. but uh, Well, certainly the yeah. Georgians do. Yeah, well, the, the wine there is just spectacular. Mm, it, it really is. And also um, uh, challenging too. Like if you think you've just got to rock up and just drink Aussie-style wine, yeah, no you way. will be horribly surprised. So you have to go with an adventurous palate. Yeah, you do. Yep, not just for the wine, but for uh, all the cuisine that they have there as well. They do. Yeah. They have a lot of amazing cuisine. I did a cooking class there, which I absolutely uh, loved. Yeah. Did you make the the kinkali? Those uh, soup dumplings? Oh, no, I ate a lot of kinkali yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, but I did, we didn't make kinkali, but we made a lot of other delicious eggplant dishes. Mm. So yeah. much fun. And if you were to, so uh, if you were to go back, um, or would where would you like to visit in Georgia that you haven't made it to yet? Um, I didn't make it to Batumi, which is um, on the Black Sea that. coastline. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've heard very nice things about the, the stunning scenery there. It's like a temperate beach climate. So, yeah, it's, it's quite beautiful from what I've heard. Yeah, I'd love to go back to Georgia and do the uh, other side, the Black Sea side, which is mm. like the western side. Uh, yes, it is. But yeah. there were so many beautiful walks and hikes up in the mountains. Gorgeous, gorgeous mm. country. And Armenia. Tell me a little bit about Armenia because I haven't been there. Um, well, like Georgia, it's uh, an old Soviet country, but uh, it, I think Armenia probably maintains a bit more of its Soviet uh, heritage, uh, more so than right. any of the other old Soviet states. Right. Um, yeah, it's uh, most of the local population can speak Russian, and unlike in Georgia, no one's going to get angry at you for speaking Russian. Yeah, you don't want to even <laughs> mention anything to do with the Ruskies. No, in you Georgia, know, in you Georgia, know. if you're in a in, in a, with a driver and there's someone driving in front who has a, a Russian number plate, of which there's a lot of Russian traffic back and forth, and people that own property in Russia, I mean, in Georgia, that are from Russians that are from Russia, the the Georgians just are not happy with the saying no. anything to do with mm. a, a Russian number plate. They're like, mm. yeah, um, they start swearing. Well, it's a bit like us with people from New South Wales, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but Armenia is a bit different. Um, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the old architecture is very Soviet and uh, it's almost in a way like going back into the old... Uh, uh, along with uh, uh, Transnistria, which is a breakaway region of Moldova, it's probably the most uh, old Soviet-related country in the world at the moment, I would right. say. Mm. Um, it's almost like going back in time to that old era. How extraordinary. Yeah. Now, another place that you two both share as a passion with is Japan, because Dave's oh. off to Japan next year as well. Love Japan. Just can't go back enough. Yeah, I love the food. I the just food. love the, the, uh, the sake. Uh, the people are so friendly and just so, um, they're, they're almost too friendly, aren't they? They're really amazing. I just love, you know, just love everything about Japan. And there's every time I go, there seems like there's a new part of Japan to explore that I haven't been to yet, but I feel like I've been to a lot of places, but actually I've still got so much more to explore. What Is places do you recommend, guys, in Japan? 
I well, mean, I could easily mm-hmm. spend uh, a week in Tokyo, maybe even more. There's that much to do there. Uh, I also went to Kyoto, um, which is the the first capital of Japan and probably the the medieval capital of Japan. Mm. Um, so many awesome temples and castles there. Uh, I really, really thought that was exciting. Yep, I have been uh, to uh, Nagasaki, which was very mm. interesting. It's like an old port town, so it's a bit more ramshackle than both of those other places. I spent some time down in Kyushu, which is one of the sort of far uh, islands, not the Okinawa side, but the other side, because Japan's on a funny angle. So Kyushu is um, a beautiful, beautiful, not very well visited island by a lot of tourists. It's very... Um, scenic, it has lots of beautiful um, hills and gorgeous walks and it's relatively untouristed and there are some beautiful onsen towns down there so that's a beautiful part of the world to explore as well and then there's fantastic places you know just around and above the uh, Tokyo and um, Kyoto with in, in the Gifu prefecture and so much more to see. And not all of Japan is crowded either. There's some That's amazing right. islands and beaches down at uh, Okinawa. Well, I want to go to Okinawa. Mm. It's like Japan Hawaiian style or Hawaii Japan style. I just really want to get Fantastic. there. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah that sounds great. Well, now I'm sure we've all got a few funny travel stories we could tell. I mean, I, I um, remember going to Korea last year and doing a, um, a perfume making course and um, made my own little bottle of perfume and brought it in here to join 94.9 and sprayed it all over myself and made everybody sick. <laughs> it, it just didn't survive the um, the trip home, unfortunately. So we, um, so <laughs> I actually called it. Um, well, I won't. Maybe I will say what I called it. I called it um, Sure Fuck, <laughs> which was oh, the, the, the name funny. of you know, the name of the perfume. I'm sure that'll be beeped out. But anyway, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Dave, what's your funny travel story? You've been to Russia and got trapped by the mafia, I hear. Oh, that happened to me in St. Petersburg, and uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, you don't want to leave the group. So an important reason why is because you might get caught up in a uh, in a bit of a mafia scam what happened was uh, I long story short I just got way too drunk and got taken away from the group by uh, a pretty lady um, <laughs> see she took me into a karaoke bar and I love karaoke and I was trying to show off singing the Russian songs that I know he's right he's a good singer yeah, and uh, yeah one drink one drink lots lots and lots of uh, vodka shots uh, and they just kept serving us vodka shots, so I just kept downing them and uh, without realising that they were going to make me pay for them later. <laughs> oh, um, no. Yeah. And so not, only they weren't gonna, not only were they going to make you pay them, but that pay for it, but they were going to make you pay inflated prices. Oh, very, very, very much so, yeah. Um, I've heard some horror stories where people get charged about, uh, well, 3000 Australian dollars for it. It's a pretty common scam in Russia and Eastern Europe, actually. So you've you got to always be wary. Uh, I tried to leave and then the door was locked and then the, the big bouncers were waddling their way over towards me, telling me to settle the bill. And I'm like, well, I didn't actually buy anything, so I don't know what to do um, yeah, what eventually happened was... Um, you yeah, to sing your way out. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I should have tried that, actually. No, they um, they eventually took my phone um, and, uh, 
yeah, they, they made me sign something to say that I would come back the next day to pay the bill and collect the phone. So I put a fake signature on there. I think I put Daffy Duck or something. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, then uh, somehow to find my way back to where I was staying. Uh, but uh, it was it was a bit intimidating. Um, I mean, there's a lot more detail to that story. I'm not sure how much time we've got. But, uh, yeah. So your bill was around about, did you say 500 Australian? It was roughly around 500 Australian dollars. Um, and in hindsight, maybe I should have just paid it and disputed it with the bank and instead of travelling without a phone because it's important these days. Absolutely. What yeah. about you, Phoebe? You got any funny travel stories that you oh, got yourself in a bit of trouble? Um, yes, I'm sure I do have some funny <laughs> travel stories. I might need a break just so I can remember which one to tell. Well, yeah. <laughs> Look, we've all got them. I think we we um, we try our best to um, just go away on a holiday and have a lovely time, but things do happen. Well, I mean, going on holidays, you have to expect a certain level of misadventure. You do. And um, I find it distressing when people think that, you know, they're going to get away and then nothing bad's going to happen on their trip because something bad is going to happen and it's not necessarily going to be that bad. Well, we might go away. Um, go away. We might go on a break. And we can go, we, we go away together if you want to. <laughs> we might go on a break. It's Joy 94.9. This is the escape hour, and we'll be back in a second. I was at work. I was riding my horse. I was microwaving a watermelon. My iguanas escaped. There are lots of reasons why you may have missed your favourite show, but don't worry, because our podcast team has you covered. They'll work through rain, hail, and national glitter shortages to bring you the best bits of every show. Visit joy.org.au and click on the podcast tab, or head to the iTunes Australia podcast store and subscribe to your favourite shows for free. Thanks to our podcasters, you'll never feel guilty about missing missing a show again joy.org.au Melbourne, this is the Escape Hour on Joy 94.9. We're here with Dave from um, DR Travel and we're talking funny travel stories. Uh, Fiona, you've got one and then we might head back to Dave for another. What's your funny travel story? Well, uh, it was actually in Iran. So it was, uh, I had flown in and got in at some ungodly hour and I was one of those people that didn't manage to get their visa organised so I had to get a visa on arrival which was surprisingly simple but I had a great deal of anxiety getting off a plane in Iran with no visa. Anyway look they just sort of point you in directions and they kind of bark at you and order you around but eventually of course you get it and it's all fine. Anyway so then I left the uh, visa area it was probably you know three in the morning and fortunately I ran into some people that I knew who were on the same trip as me and then we waited for the driver to pick us up we waited we waited we waited we tried to find the hotel but there were two hotels with the same name was it in this area or that area and of course we didn't know and we waited and waited and then eventually I think probably at about 4 30 maybe five o'clock in the morning the guy finds us he oh. was in the other arrivals hall and we we're like there's only one arrivals hall in Tehran airport Come they anyway these stories don't they? so um we got back to the hotel and um it was you know a getting up to six and I knew that the tour, uh, the the first uh, uh, thing to do was literally at about nine o'clock oh. and they put me into a room um, and it was very, very sumptuous and comfortable and I thought, right, I've got two hours to sleep. So lay down, slept for two hours, woke up in a complete and utter like, fog and decided that I needed to, uh, and I had to move rooms because they'd given me this other room. So they told me the night before I had to move rooms. So in a panic, so I've got to actually get dressed, get ready, have a shower, pack the bag, which I didn't really unpack. Anyway, for some reason, I decided that I needed to press my shirt. 
which is ridiculous. Like, why, that's how deluded of sleep I was. I needed to iron my shirt. So... I decided that I uh, was going to iron my shirt and then I called downstairs and said, can you bring up an iron and an ironing board? And, of course, they brought up an iron and an ironing board. But in the meantime, of course, I completely forgot because I'd only been in Iran for one day. I'm standing there in a robe with no headscarf on and uh, I opened the door and the, uh, the, the concierge or the man from housekeeping actually closed the door so he didn't see me and then pushed the ironing board and the iron through the doorway because I wasn't allowed to see me. I mean, I think I had like maybe even not a robe on, maybe just like a nightgown or something. (laughs) Risque. I remember thinking, oh, that's all a bit weird. And then I felt so guilty and so weird. And then I don't think I even pressed my shirt. I think I was just like, (laughs) I just have to get out of here. Um, uh, So that was my Iran hair story. Dave, we'll go to you and then to Stefan. What's your um, other funny story? for travel? Uh, Well, one time when I was in Barcelona, a beautiful part of the world for those who have been, Barcelona is um, well-renowned, though, for um, uh, a bit of nighttime crime near the beach. So, uh, well, I I was... um, I was with a girl from my hostel and uh, she was uh, an American girl asking me if I wanted to go for a swim and I thought, well, you're not really giving me much other option, I don't think, are you? So uh, off we went, took off all our clothes and then just uh, went diving into the Mediterranean. The water was just lovely, lovely at that time, yeah. And uh, anyway, we're having a bit of a splash and a giggle and we get back uh, maybe 10 minutes later and uh, where's all our stuff gone? Oh, your clothes were gone? Uh, They took everything. They took, uh, they didn't just raid our pockets, they actually took all our clothes. And uh, I'm told, I was told later that the reason for that (laughs) is because if you spot them, um, then you're not going to want to chase after them naked. Oh, right. So they That's took they took everything. Fortunately, I left my passport at, uh, in my bag that day, but uh, took my phone and my wallet, and that caused all sorts of problems oh, later on my man. travels. That's but uh, bad news. had to walk back naked to the hostel. <laughs> oh my god! About fifteen or so minutes away. You can imagine the receptionist's look when we walked in. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's an insane story. It's like, I need to replace my room key, please. (laughs) Sounds like a dance party in Taiwan. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan, how was your story? (laughs) Oh, it's not as exciting as that. I mean, it's just about... You don't go anywhere naked, do you? I try not to. No. Now that I think about it, I try not to. Um, It was just trying to order food in Japan. So uh, that's what, 12 years ago, I think, I went to Japan and, you know, you've got this machine where you put the money and you get the tickets and you, then you sit down and you get your food based yeah. on that. And obviously, I just arrived in Japan. I was a little bit jet lagged as well, coming going from from the UK. And um, I sit, I walk in, sit down, and then this woman starts shouting at me and point at the machine and point. And obviously, I don't speak Japanese, so it was very difficult. Um, and then I finally put it together that I have to put some money in the thing, but all it's all written in Japanese. So how do you choose your food when? So in the windows, there are the, all the. The beautiful the plastic, plastic plates. Plastic oh, plate. I love those. They look good, the, don't they? They look beautiful with the names. I was trying, so I would just go out, try to remember the, the characters, and then go back in, and then, oh, no, I can't see what I wanted. So I go back, and eventually I just pressed any random button and got this cold, sober noodle soup. Which, which was probably delicious. Not what I was expecting, so it's <laughs> not really what... I don't do cold noodles very well, so... <laughs> I understand. Completely understand. 
Mm. It is like that in Japan, though, because they don't. There's not a lot of English signs around, is there? Well, there certainly is much more now in is Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, in preparation for the 2020 oh, Olympics, right. okay. they have a lot more English, and also. Uh, but when I first went to Japan, there was very little English signage, and I guess one of the tricks that I've learnt over the years um, is to carry a little business card from the hotel that I'm staying at, yeah. so that when you get into a taxi, you give them the business card, so they know where to go and they can. See it in their own, in their own language. Mm. Um, good idea. Yeah, no, that's a very good trick for it's any country. It's a very good trick. They, um, I think in Georgia probably would be a good. Well, trick absolutely. To use as well. In Georgia, there's a lot of people didn't speak English and they didn't even use the um, Latin mm. lettering. Well, I'm just curious, as you know, Dave wouldn't have had his card, would he? No, not no, back then. No, no. Not, not with going back to the place naked. Now, I'm, I'm, I am very curious, is, is what did the front desk say when you turned up there with no clothes on? Um, she actually was <laughs> laughing. Um, I think she'd seen it before. Had she? Okay, <laughs> all right. We yep, can. that sounds a bit common. I mean, of course, you know, on La Rambla in uh, Barcelona is a, a rife mm. with pickpockets. Right. Rife with pickpockets. A friend of mine was pickpocketed as he was coming from the uh, airport to meet myself and another friend. We had already got there and we were in the apartment. And it's a funny and strange story. So he'd come from Zurich. And when he got to the airport, he thought, oh, it's a bit hot here. I'm going to take off my socks. So he took off his socks and he rolled his socks up and put them in his pocket. He also had in his other pocket 900 euro. Oh, dear. Like, I don't know who carries around 900 euro, <laughs> but anyway. That's not good, and not he, good thing to do. No, and he was carrying 900 euro in one pocket in a roll and 900 and nine socks and socks in the other pocket. And he was walking down the, the street, the small laneway off La Rambla. And uh, indeed, what happened was uh, some people came up and had a bit of a chat. Oh, I wanted to make sure he was going somewhere, two of them, one on either side. And um, he he was like, no, but no, guys, mate, I'm fine. I know where I'm going. And then an old man yelled out and said, oh, you've been rolled or whatever the equivalent might be in Spanish. You've been robbed. You've been robbed. And he felt his pocket and he thought that his socks was his 900 euro. And he got to the apartment and it was all gone. Now, yeah, I mean that's a that's a not a very good story, but it, it's <laughs> no, it's but it is a tale that we need ask, to be mindful yeah. of. But I think, how do you carry cash then? How do you go about when you travel with your money? What do you all do? Well, I always would love to know the secret to this, but I use plastic a lot of the time. I do too. But yes. I just so think, what do um, you guys So think? I think, well, for me personally, I always use plastic and I never withdraw any more than $150 a day yep. cash from any... So, t- any, yeah. any do you go with a little bit of cash when you land? So you, if you can't get a, to an ATM, yeah, you've just, got something. Or what just do you? A, just, a just a little, little bit. bit. But, um, I, mm. I also travel with um, uh, three different credit cards to make sure at least okay. one's going to work yep. there. What about you, Dave? Do you travel yeah, with much cash on you? That, that's good advice, actually. Uh, you'd never want to take too much cash. Just yeah. take as much as you think you'll need for that day, and no more. Um, if it's like a predominantly a cash economy, then mm. um, yeah, just leave it all locked up in your hotel safe uh, and just take what you're going to need for yeah, every d- time you go out of the hotel really yeah. yeah interestingly japan is a very much of a cash economy um i mean changing of course not so much in tokyo but outside of japan they use cash mm. a lot and then what you'd have to do in a situation like that if someone stole 900 euro out of you have to go to the police station you have to file a police mm. report then you would come back to australia and um and you would make a claim from your travel insurance and yeah. um so long as you've got a police report you can definitely do that 
Hence the importance of travel insurance. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we highly so recommend we, travel insurance. Would you go out? Would any of you go at, without travel insurance anywhere? Or? You'd be crazy to go without travel insurance. And these days, a lot of um, tour operators won't actually take you if you if don't you have insurance mm-hmm. details to give them before you go. Yeah, I travelled for years without travel insurance. I guess, yeah. Nothing ever happened. Oh, look, you know, I think small things happen. But I was like, well, if I'm stupid enough to leave the laptop computer in the in the the suitcase and then put the suitcase and get anyway. But I did travel for a long time without travel insurance. But I think by the time I hit. 35, I went, oh, it's time to wise up. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I do have a question. Oh, sorry, Stefan. No, 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 I was thinking just, you know, if you get, if you have a medical problem, I think it's really important in some countries to have that, especially to Absolutely. be able to come back to Australia, mm. uh, to yeah. be able to be repatriated because that costs thousands of money, thousands of dollars. And, and you can see people ra- fundraising for that on, you know, all those found me crowdsourcing mm. money. You see more and more mm, of this. This is it. And I think um, Dave's right. When, when um, uh, some countries won't let you in there, unless you can prove that you've got travel insurance because they don't want to be lumped with your um, medical bills. Mm. Now, I always find the tricky thing with travel insurance, actually, and I've got another question here about the... credit cards too. With travel insurance, obviously there's quite a lot of providers and they're relatively inexpensive. But how do you compare apples with apples or pears with oranges and how how do you compare if you've got like two or three different... I mean, as a travel agent... Travel agencies have recommendations mm. of who they like to use, but like, what are the main things that you need to look out for when choosing? Well, um, obviously, a travel agency is probably going to recommend their uh, their product or the one that they uh, have an affiliation with. Mm. For the most part, they're much of a muchness, but um, you can use tools like Compare the Market, um, but always read the um, the product disclosure statement as well to find out if it's uh, the right product for you. And what about travelling as you get older? Because even though it might not be something that you know you might be thinking about right now, it's actually becoming increasingly expensive mm-hmm. for older people to travel and get insurance. So you want to do all your travel before you turn 80 or you're going to pay an arm and a leg for travel oh, insurance. Oh, before 80? Yeah. Oh, we've still yep, got plenty yep. of time. <laughs> <laughs> I was concerned you were going to say once you hit 65. Not that I'm anywhere near 65 either. No, but no. good. And, and when would you decide to go for an annual rather than a trip insurance? How many times would you need to travel a year to for a, an annual pol- policy be better than a trip-by-trip trip policy. Do you have any recommendations on that all? Um, well, it depends on the policy, really. Um, I mean, sometimes you can get better value even if you just travel twice in the same year. Um, but, yeah, normally I'd say probably about three or four trips a year, then uh, it's definitely yeah, worth looking policy, at an annual yeah. policy. I didn't even know you could get that. No. You can, yep. It's about oh. around about 400 bucks, and you can. Um, it covers all your trips for 12 months. Oh, fantastic. And um, it, is a, it is good because in some instances where you're making these trips to places um, that where the coverage is quite expensive, like North mm-hmm. America, for example, because going to hospital there is, is quite expensive, mm-hmm. um, one trip there can be the cost of, can cost you 400 bucks. So if you get this multi, multi-travel multi um, insurance policy, you can keep travelling for the rest of the year and you've got one policy. So. What? We that really must um, go and have another cup of coffee and yeah, all this conversation. come back to Dave and we're going to f- finish up our fabulous travel show. You're listening to a Joycast from GLD, TIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. 
Good morning, Melbourne. This is the Escape Hour on Joy 94.9. You're here with Stefan, Fiona and Russ, and we've got a special guest today, our Travel Agent of the Year, Dave Bacco. And Dave, um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll hit straight with the, the question, I think. I'd, I'd, I'd like are you to going go in for the question? We are going in oh. for the question. Um, Stefan, I think uh, you well, should I'm ask. I'm going in yep, for yep, the question. Yep, yep, yep. Um, are you a... <laughs> are you a roller or a folder? A roller or a folder? Yeah. Um, We're not talking about toilet paper. You're not? Okay. No. <laughs> Do you need a little bit more uh, probably, background? Probably need a bit more of a uh, explanation. Do you know when you have a suitcase, a bag, do you roll or do you fold? Uh, okay, yeah. Look, I, I tend to do neither. I tend to just scrunch and shove it all oh, in. Oh, okay. Stuffer. Um, yeah. Stuffer. I'm a stuffer, much to my girlfriend's oh. disgust. She's uh, very much a folder. So do you travel with a, an iron? No, I don't need an iron. What do I need to iron? Oh, I actually yeah. am going to buy one of those little travel irons as a gift for a friend of mine. Are you going to keep it? No, <laughs> no. no. It come I'm, handy in Iran. It could come handy in Iran. <laughs> I won't right. cause any more embarrassment. No, not without your burqa on. God. Hey, Jabba, whatever they call it. Dave, what's your favourite airline? Which airline gets you going? Uh, my favourite airline is Qantas. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are you a Qantas Club member? I am a frequent flyer, yeah. Uh, frequent flyer member, not a Qantas Club member. I always wonder, you know, I really like the idea of going into that room and just drinking free champagne and yep. eating their fruit salads, but I'm not yeah. a frequent, frequent flyer, so I only ever get in there of the grace of others. That's right. Yeah. So well, it's worth signing pass. up, I would say, and there's so many ways to earn points these days with Qantas. Mm. Um, Qantas or Virgin would be the two. Any other airline, not really worth it unless you travel with them regularly, which only business people would. Right. Now, um, I believe that with Qantas, for example, you can get um, your, uh, not only, of course, you've got those Qantas cards, but there was one where you could get your health insurance connected to Qantas. Mm. Qantas health insurance, for example, and and apparently every time you go to the gym, you win points because you're improving your health, which means you'll have uh-huh. to le- less use their health insurance. Schemes and scams, and they're not schemes, schemes and scams, scams, but you can just you can earn points on just about everything, really. Yeah, more and more ways to add points every day. Uh, yeah, but I think you've got to be careful with the data you give these companies, companies because sure. that's a little bit too much for me, I think. Sure. I'm really fond of getting points, and I do, but I wouldn't do that just because I don't want them to have my health data, really. Mm-hmm. So, have uh, you opted out of my health record I since have. you're in, yeah, the, in the medical industry? Yeah. I have. He also I don't only travels, but anymore. he also only travels out the front in planes. As that, well, that's it? not true. <laughs> <laughs> I only like travelling on the front in planes. I've got a funny plane story. So, okay. <laughs> I had to go to Sydney for business, yep. and um, I had to fly. I had to catch a taxi all the way to Avalon. Oh, oh no, did you? Exactly. That's a long way, the isn't it? The taxi was like Where's the taxi. <laughs> the taxi fare cost more than the flight <laughs> to Sydney. Anyway, and I got there early enough, and I got a front seat, um, like in row one uh-huh. seat A. Anyway, so it's early in the morning. I'm feeling a bit anxious because I've got this whole day of work that I've got to do in Sydney, and I'm feeling a bit anxious. So then I drink lots of coffee, and then I have a sweet pastry when I'm at Avalon Airport, and then I get on the plane, and I'm feeling quite edgy, and then I have another cup of coffee, and then I feel a scratch. Oh. And I start scratching my hand and then I feel another scratch and then I feel another scratch and then I am scratching literally all over. What happened? It's the weirdest thing. And then I start to panic because I've got to go to all these meetings and I'm in my little, you know, outfit. Then I get into this panic. So I 
rush to the bathroom, take off all my clothes in the tiny bathroom. and On the plane. On the plane. Oh, yeah. And there is this row of bites that goes up my two front, uh, my legs, all the way up over my shoulders and down the other side. What was it? And then, and I can't see any bugs. I shake out all the clothes. I've got this row of what look like bites. And then I start to hyperventilate and then I realise I've got to calm the down. Yes. So I put my clothes back on. I go sit in my seat and I just start deep breathing. <laughs> I don't know, it was some sort of anxiety attack. Anyway, I got off and the bites were all gone. Now, look, that <laughs> is no a bites. fantastic story. Dave, we have got about one minute left. Have you got any travel tips for us for this travel show that everybody must do when they, you know, obviously book with a travel agent? What else do you recommend? Uh, I would suggest book as much uh, of what you know you're going to do as you can before you leave. A, l- a lot of peace of mind. Mm. Yeah. It's been great having you on our show today. You have been fantastic. Wealth of knowledge. Great tips. Thanks some for fun stories. Us. It's been great. All right, well, that's the Escape Hour for another week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.